All right, here we go. Wow, what a day. Yesterday was the big day, the Fed day. Powell spoke and the markets tanked. So today we're going to go through his statement, what he said in detail, what this means for the markets. We'll also talk about Tesla because Tesla reported earnings yesterday and we'll talk about what's happening. More earnings from Lending Club, Intel, Levi Strauss, McDonald's. So there's a lot to talk about this morning and uh, we'll get started right away. Today's Thursday, January 27th. And if this is your first time here, hi, I'm Marcus Heidkotter. And this here is my head coach, Mark Hodge. Together, we have more than 47 years of trading experience. And, and every morning, we sift through a mountain of news websites, newsletters, and reports. And then we take the most important news and go live right here to share with you what you need to know as you head into your trading day. If you're new here, I know it can be overwhelming. So don't worry. We have a special video just for you that I will link to in the description. And that's a great place to get started. So, Mark, let's take a look at the markets yesterday. And I mean, I'm looking at a daily chart of the S&P 500, and this doesn't tell the story, right? Not at all. Not at all. So yesterday was the big Fed day, and uh, 2 p.m. was when the Fed statement was released. 2.30 was when the uh, Fed press conference began. And you see that markets were up. The, the initial reaction to the statement was positive. There was a, a nice little jump there in the S&P, up about 30 points on the, the initial reaction. Uh, but then it pulled back, got choppy, and sold off after the press conference. Actually down about 3.3% from high to low uh, before uh, finishing the day just slightly lower. I know, and that's always, uh, it looks so innocent on the five-minute chart here. It looks like, yeah. oh, yeah, it moved a little bit higher, it moved a little bit lower, but that is a 3% move. I mean, jumping over to the NASDAQ, it was even more dramatic. So the move in the NASDAQ, uh, from the high to the low here was uh, a little bit over 4%, 4.3%. So that's a big one because yesterday at first it looked like people like what the Fed had to say. But then Paul started speaking during the press conference and they didn't like it at all. <laughs> exactly. And the the Fed statement itself, uh, really there, there wasn't anything that stood out that was significantly different or new right, right? and so I, I think that traders uh read the statement and thought oh hey this this is great uh but then when uh Powell was being asked questions and uh sharing some more information it, it became clear that they're ready to do something all right so let's talk about the big four things that were in the statement uh, that that had an impact on the market and will have an impact on what's going on here over the next few weeks and also the next few months. Let's first start with inflation. So what was Powell's take on inflation? Sure. So Powell said that there's a risk that inflation will not decline back toward its pre-pandemic levels anytime soon and that the rise in prices could accelerate. So, All right. Uh, so, I mean, and this is where, I mean, we're coming from transitory and then saying, eh, you know what, maybe we have it for a few more months, but now... Oh, inflation is here to stay. So that's not good. It's also interesting because he threw in a, a small twist yesterday because we know that the, uh, the, the Fed likes to look at the CPI, the Consumer Price Index, and the, the PPI. Uh, but then yesterday, there was something else that he threw in there. Did you see that? Uh, yeah, the wages, wages. I, I thought that was interesting. So he highlighted that rising wages, and it's something that central bankers wanted to see for much of the last decade, 
uh, during the previous economic recovery. Uh, but he said that it could be a negative in the fight against inflation. So that's interesting that they're taking wages now into consideration because, I mean, as you said, I mean, for the longest time, they said, oh, OK, we need to get higher wages, higher wages. And now they say, mm, we need to keep an eye on this, that this doesn't go out of control. OK, tapering. So that's the next, the, the asset buying program. Yeah, he said that the economy no longer needs sustained high levels of monetary policy. And that's why they're phasing out their asset purchases and that they can expect uh, that it will be soon, uh, soon be appropriate to raise the target rate for the federal funds rate, which was All expected. Right. Talking about raising the target rate. So let's talk about interest rates. Uh, so the next meeting, they're not meeting in February. They're meeting again in March, on March 16th. And uh, we have the CME Group uh, FedWatch tool here in 48 days. And there is a surprise in here. Uh, that half basis is creeping up, huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, right now, everybody's certain. I mean, if you look at this, if you take this, everybody is certain that they will raise interest rates in March. The question is how much? And I mean, thus far, uh, it was the idea that they are raising it by a quarter point. But right now, look at this. There's a 24% probability price in that they might raise it half a point. So that's new. That's new. That is interesting. And I, I saw that a half point hike hasn't occurred since May 2000. I, I still think that there's a lot of uncertainty here because there was the, the idea based on what Powell said that we could get a hike every other meeting, right? So starting in March is, is pretty much guaranteed yeah. without any change, right? Um, and then will they do a half basis hike to get things going in, uh, real quick? Uh, or will they you know, raise every meeting? Will they raise every other meeting? I, I mean, that's that's the unknown. But right now, it's expected that they'll be raising four times this year. Uh, well, if markets are already factoring in that they will raise five times this year. That's, so that's, and this is why right. yesterday the market said, oh, my gosh, with all of this that we heard. So uh, they are concerned about inflation. Yes, they will taper. Yes, they will unwind their balance sheet. And they will aggressively raise the interest rates because he also said uh, that uh, he said there's quite a bit of room to raise interest rates without threatening the labor market. So he's no longer concerned about the labor market. And this was their big focus over the past few months during the pandemic. Right. They wanted to make sure that we keep the unemployment down. Absolutely. And I mean, this is where full jobs, I, I mean, you know, the labor market is, is strong. Um, I mean, we had jobless claims coming out this morning. And uh, they came out 260,000, which was 30,000, uh, a decline of 30,000. And I think that that's a pretty good number considering we have the Omicron situation, right? So right. we know that Omicron has impacted jobs, but for uh, there to be a decrease uh, in the weekly jobless claims, that, that's a positive. And it just supports that from a job perspective and also the economy, uh, we could talk about GDP too, that those aspects are really good. So the, the Fed has to do something for inflation. Yeah. So let's talk about the GDP since we are here at the economic report. So this has been released a little bit over half an hour ago. And wow, what a surprise. I mean, it, it, for the uh, for the previous quarter, uh, the GDP, the gross domestic product was rising 2.3%. It was expected that we are rising uh, for the fourth quarter of 2021, 5.3%. But no, even more, 6.9%. Yeah, the 5.5 would have been a strong quarter, but at 6.9%, that's huge. That that caught uh, some economists off by or by surprise. It actually uh, brought the uh, year uh, 
the annualized GDP, excuse me, to 5.7%, which is the strongest pace since 1984. Yeah, <laughs> 1984. Okay. Anyhow, I mean, that's, that, that, so these are all good signs. So let's take a look at that pre-market action here. Let's uh, actually jump to the futures markets before we talk about some individual stocks. And here we're looking at a five-minute chart of the E-mini S&P. And I mean, this is, again, wild, wild, wild overnight. I mean, at first we were slumping down, but now, I mean, with all the news pointing to a higher opening here, actually a really strong opening, up 0.84%. And again, we, we can measure this. I mean, this year from the low to where we are right now, this is a pretty significant move. I mean, this is 2.7% for an overnight move. That's like, that's holy huge. cannoli. <laughs> yeah, I mean, especially because a lot of that slide happened when there really wasn't a whole lot of activity, right? You have the Asian markets opening and that kind of kicks things off. Usually muted, not a whole lot going on. European markets is when we started to get that slide. So, I mean, there was a lot or uh, that, that rally, but a lot of selling, like when people are asleep, <laughs> yeah. And uh, also, I mean, the Nasdaq from the low overnight to the 3.3 percent. So pointing to a 1 percent stronger opening here this morning. Yes. Pretty, pretty strong open. All right. Now, with the Fed meeting out of the way, focus again on the economy and also on earnings. And Tesla was reporting earnings yesterday after the bell. And uh, it was interesting. Tesla has been all over the place after reporting earnings. Absolutely. Up over 1% now pre-market. Um, they said that its supply chain issues could persist throughout 2022 in its uh, quarterly earnings report. Tesla beat analyst expectations on earnings and revenue for the most recent quarter, uh, but the chip shortage, while better than last year, is still an issue. Uh, Musk said that factories have been running below capacity for several quarters. You see, and, and that's, I think, the, uh, the, uh, the frustrating thing for Tesla, right? Now, now that they have all these factories up, and I mean, they, they just opened the one here in Austin. They're about to open the one in Germany, the Gigafactory. So they have all this in place, and now they can't get the parts because of supply chain issues. And this is interesting because we had some companies reporting earnings where they say, oh, yeah, the supply chain issues is not really a prog uh, problem. It seems that Elon Musk said it still is an issue for us. Yeah, he also tackled... The idea of a $25,000 car that's been thrown out there a little bit. He said that they're currently not working on a $25,000 car, but at some point they will. Uh, yeah. They have enough on their plate. <laughs> I mean, that's what he said, uh, that they focus on what they do best right now, producing the cars. And then next in line will be the Cybertruck and the Roadstar. I mean, this is where he said, that's what we're going to focus on right now. Cybertruck probably coming next year. And uh, he kind of said it. Fingers crossed, more or less, right? I mean, it was like, that is still the plan. Yeah, it's it sounded like he was pretty set on it not coming out this year, uh, yeah. which is disappointing to some Tesla fans. All right. Then yesterday, we also had Intel reporting earnings. And uh, so Intel uh, actually down 3% pre-market trading. Yeah, and so they actually reported better than expected earnings and delivered an upbeat guidance. Um, so it, it's interesting that, that they're down. Um, that looked like it was positive news. Yeah, interesting. Lending Club, another one. So Lending Club down 18%. Urgh, looking at the weekly chart here. I mean, we're coming from uh, from highs. I mean, obviously, Lending Club with interest rates low and all of the refinancing and everything going on, a huge boost. But now that interest rates are rising, it's getting a little bit tougher for Lending Club, it seems. 
Yeah, they had a strong earnings and revenue for the quarter, but um, the first quarter income and revenue guidance uh, were lower than analysts had expected. So that's uh, putting some heat on the stock and, and why it's down. All right. Now talking about supply chain issues today after the bell, Apple will be reporting and everybody wants to know, OK, do they have supply chain issues as well? Because, I mean, last week, Procter & Gamble said, we don't have any problems anymore. And uh, then Tesla said, oh, we have some problems. And so every all the eyes uh, today on Apple after the bell right now up with the overall market. Uh, so up in pre-market trading, 1.6 percent. Yeah, that's a biggie after the bell. All right. McDonald's reporting earnings. Uh, let's see if they uh, if they take up Elon Musk on his tease where he says if they start accepting Dogecoin, he will eat a happy meal on TV. That was his tweet a few days ago. So but uh, here in pre-market trading, they're down almost two and a half percent. Yeah, uh, that maybe Elon's a little optimistic over how many people want to see him eat on TV. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> uh, they missed top and bottom line estimates for the fourth quarter, uh, and uh, their consensus earnings were 11 cents below the 223 expected. They did say that higher costs weighed on profits. You see, and this is what we'll see. This is why everybody is so interested in earnings right now, right? How will the supply chain management issues affect companies? Are they still there? Are they gone? And what about higher costs, the inflation, right? Is it hurting companies or are they successful in passing on these uh, these higher costs to consumers with higher prices? And it seems that McDonald's, who like to do the the uh, race to the bottom by offering uh, offering one dollar burgers and everything, right? That it might be difficult for them. I don't even know. I haven't eaten in McDonald's in I don't know many years. If now a burger is still a dollar off, it is already dollar ten or dollar twenty. Who knows? Yeah, I think they do have some lower price items, but it's the the spread between their cheap items and their normal items is getting huge, just like a lot of chains because of costs. Yeah. All right. Levi Strauss, uh, so they are up uh, 7% after reporting quarterly results. That looked good. Yep. Uh, they reported 41 cents a share, beating estimates by a penny, but revenue was better than expected, and that's helping the suck. All right. Blackstone BX also up in pre-market trading here, up 6%. Big jump for Blackstone. Yeah, better than expected quarterly profit, earnings of $1.71 a share versus a 137 estimate, thanks to strong investment performance and record cash flows inflows. Yeah. And then we also have Netflix uh, making a comeback yesterday or in pre-market trading here up 5%. So, I mean, after being down more than 25%, so they're up a little bit. What's happening there? Yeah, after getting beaten up here, uh, at least uh, someone thought that this was a, a buying opportunity other than me, although I haven't bought. Um, <laughs> investor William Ackman's Pershing Square bought 3.1 million shares of the video streaming service, saying that the recent sell-off presented an attractive buying opportunity. Yeah, I mean, not $3.1 million, 3.1 million shares oh. of Netflix. Yeah. So, yeah, and no, you said more. shares. <laughs> Just wanted to clarify because that's quite a lot. Okay. That's a big difference. Anyhow, so markets are still pointing to a strong opening. I mean, we are actually rallying into the open right now. So that's something new. So will we be able to go through this day here and this rally continues or will we see a pullback? I mean, this week, if you're looking at a five minute chart of the Nasdaq, uh, it was all over the place. Huge wild swings throughout the day. And 
I expect nothing less today. We probably see another day of wild swings. This is the week of volatility. Agreed. Hey, but we had we have fun trading this volatility and we got to jump into trade with our mastermind members right now. So we got to head over to our Zoom meeting. And if you would like to know how we trade these crazy markets, take a look at these videos, subscribe to the channel, and then we'll see you in the next video. Have a great day. Happy trading, everybody.